Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you are new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I am a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy, and after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I have become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. We're back again and talking about what to do when we've completed the work of healing. We've talked in this series about how to know when you have done the work, and we started talking last week about what comes next. How do we maintain the gains we've worked so hard to achieve? How do we keep ourselves in a well place? And how do we continue to grow and move towards thriving rather than returning to just barely surviving? Last week, we talked about the importance of knowing what we're working with by assessing how we're doing and where we're at on a regular basis. I even gave you homework. And we talked about using the information we glean from assessing to make small adjustments and tweaks to help keep ourselves on the path we've worked so hard to carve out. Today, I want us to talk about resilience and how we work at retaining the resilience we have cultivated so that we don't find ourselves in over our heads again. This piggybacks on what we talked about last week. We can't know what we need to do for resilience if we can't see the forest for the trees and know what's going on for us. Awareness is always the first and most important step. Everything else works from there. Now, Resilience is a word that I find has some cultural impressions and even some stigma around. I was actually scrolling through social media recently and a past colleague who I respect and admire had posted on his page a meme that said something to the effect of, I hope to never be called resilient ever again. Don't praise me for surviving things I had no choice but to survive and pretend that made me stronger. I get it. Resilience has connotations of meaning things like bouncing back or being unaffected by hardship, somehow being stronger than the hardships that hit us. I wish I could tell you where all of that bullshit came from. I blame extreme versions of positive psychology and tendencies toward toxic positivity where being positive is used as a mechanism to retreat from facing what's hard calling shit what it is, and rather uses positivity to ignore and avoid under the guise of quote-unquote healthy. Those definitions of resilience are total crap. 
And I get to say that because I literally created a training program all about resilience, and not once do we talk about bouncing back, other than to recognize that it's a lie we're sold about resilience. In my training, Beating the Breaking Point, we actually go into detail defining what resilience is. I start the lesson on resilience with a quote by Leon Meginson that says, It is not the strongest of the species that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. Hear that? It isn't about being strong. It's about being adaptive. Here is the working definition we use in the program to talk about resilience. Are you ready? An ability to recover from or adjust to misfortune, stress, or change in a way that accepts the truth of the suffering, acknowledges the depth of impact the suffering has, and seeks to make the suffering and its impacts a meaningful part of our self-narrative. In the course, we spend time breaking this definition down, and if your interest is piqued, I'm going to encourage you to find the link in the show notes and check out the training. What I'm going to say about it here for our purposes today is that resilience isn't about bouncing back and being fine. It's about adapting to what has hit us, which includes incorporating the impact it has had into how we think about and know ourselves and how we choose to carry this forward with us. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper, you love your work, and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money-back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started or use the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. The meaning-making process we use to engage with the things that happen to us informs our capacity to be resilient. And if you have really engaged in the work of healing, You have already done so much of this. Healing and processing trauma, stress, and other pieces like this involves making meaning of it. It means embodying a story about what happened to us and what we believe that that then means about us. 
who we are as a result of what we've been through. If you have worked through processing and healing, you have already developed and embraced resilience as a part of who you are. Because you made the uncomfortable choice to work at how you make meaning and considered changing how you made meaning of things that happened to you. So now the work after having done the hardest parts of healing is to keep what you've worked so hard to gain, to work at retaining the resilience you fought so hard for. How do we do that? Well, let's go back to our working definition, but from the lens of retaining resilience. To recap really quickly, resilience is an ability to recover from or adjust to misfortune, stress, or change in a way that accepts the truth of the suffering, acknowledges the depth of impact the suffering has, note the tense, the impacts of suffering may be a continuing state to some extent or degree, and it seeks to make the suffering and its impacts a meaningful part of our self-narrative. There's the definition. So let's break this down. First, resilience is an ability to recover from or adjust to misfortune, stress, or change in a way that accepts the truth of the suffering. What does this mean for us practically when we're working to retain resilience we've invested so much into accomplishing? Well, I'm actually going to suggest that this breaks down in a few ways and that it's best to start backward. So first, we have to start by being aware of and acknowledging that suffering exists. We're starting with the end of that sentence, the truth of the suffering. We're back to square one from last week, which is assessing. We have to have our eyes open to what's going on for us and where we're experiencing suffering. You may not name it suffering. It may be called something else. But if we don't see it and name it, we can't do anything with it. And we're back to ignoring or avoiding until it builds up enough to bite us in the ass. We have to start with being honest about it. Next, we have to be honest about the suffering. This means telling a full story about what's going on for us, not just the easiest or default version of the story. Here's an example. When my husband and I get in a disagreement, I can tell a story about how he's a jerk. Or I can step back and be aware that I haven't been sleeping well lately. I've been feeling more on edge and am probably more sensitive to him. While he may still be a jerk, I can also own that I am contributing some amount of the suffering I'm experiencing by not supporting my own needs more effectively. It isn't an either or, either he's a jerk or I'm not doing well. It's working at describing the fullness of what's happening. And third, we have to accept this as our starting point. To recover from something, we have to own that it is what it is. All right, next let's tackle the next part of the definition. Resilience acknowledges the depth of impact the suffering has. 
That's what we're working with. Resilience doesn't just pay lip service to what's happening. It looks closely at the impact that is playing out in and around me. It works to recognize the impact in the past, present, and what I may carry forward into the future. When you have done work on processing your experiences and you're working to retain resilience, this is about continuing to acknowledge the ongoing impact some of your experiences may have on you. I've shared before a story from my childhood about a teacher who yelled at me and told me I was stupid and would never amount to anything. The impacts of this had been really far-reaching in my life in hard ways that impacted my self-esteem and confidence for a long time and undermined my sense of my own intelligence, but also in ways that pushed me to prove otherwise, leading to a master's degree that I'm really thankful for. To this day, I have moments where her voice creeps into my head. They are often in really silly moments, and the feeling connected to it is usually embarrassment and shame. I'm familiar with them and can often see them coming. While I've done a lot of the work of healing my trauma around this experience, it doesn't erase that it happened or completely nullify all of the impacts that it has. That said... When it shows up, now, instead of becoming embroiled in the impacts, feeling the complete depth of embarrassment or shame, I can usually giggle at it. I'll say things to myself like, hey you, I see you there. I know what you're about. I can understand why that's coming up right now, but we're okay. We don't have to go to that place. We get to choose different. All right, if we're continuing with our definition, last but not least, Resilience seeks to make the suffering and its impacts a meaningful part of our self-narrative. As we continue to walk the journey of post-healing life, and we continue to face a world and a life that will continue to throw challenges our way, we need to continue to adapt the storytelling skills we learned during the healing work into our ongoing daily narrative. I read a meme today that said, a negative mind will find fault in everything, and a positive mind will find opportunity in everything. While I don't love the extremes of positive and negative, because we all have room to be a little bit of both, I kind of appreciate the vibe. The way we perceive, interact with, and tell the stories of our experiences shapes what they will feel like and how we feel about ourselves within those stories. I'm not saying we need to lie to ourselves, but I am saying that we get to choose how to make sense of what happens to us. And we don't have to mindlessly embrace the first version of a narrative that comes to mind. Honestly, that's the one we should probably be the most skeptical of. I go into this concept in another episode where I talked about my traumatic experience during labor and delivery of my first child. I shared that a mindset shift offered by my doula made a huge difference in how I made sense of that experience, and honestly, it likely determined my ability to even consider having a second child. I'm not sure I would have been able to do that if I had been left with my default narrative. I hope that in all of this, you are hearing that resilience really isn't about sheer grit or strength or positivity or bouncing back. It's work. 
It is earned through hardship by doing the work of interacting with and choosing who we will be in, through, and out the other side of it. If you're interested in working on resilience, please do take a look at my Beating the Breaking Point Resilience Training Program. It has received top ratings from those who have walked through and completed it, and we're actually working on making it even better to include a private community for support, Q&As with me to support making the information applicable to your life, and a growing resource vault that we are going to continue to invest in developing. If you sign up now, you'll get automatically enrolled in all of these pieces when they launch in the next few weeks, but for the price of the core program alone. The link to the program will be in the show notes. This program is great regardless of where you're at in the process of healing. It offers great prevention strategies for those early in the work. It's an awesome adjunct to therapy for those who are actively in therapy and doing the work right now. And it's a phenomenal tool for those needing something to guide the process of remaining invested in themselves after completing the work. While it isn't therapy in and of itself, It is the most essential pieces that I offer to clients as education during therapy, distilled down to make it super valuable. I hope to see you inside of the program. Thank you for continuing to join with me here. I hope you continue to get really valuable pieces from the podcast, and I would love to hear about it and hear from you. All of my contact details are in the show notes. Please reach out and connect. If you value this podcast and you want to help us in our mission to support frontline wellness, there are three ways you can do just that. Number one, rate and review behind the line on Apple podcast or wherever you're listening. Number two, follow me on social media at Lindsay A. Foss and engage with me and this amazing little community that we're building there. Every time you like comment and share our posts, You help us spread like wildfire. Thank you to the magical algorithm. Last but not least, share this resource and our other resources with those you know, whether that's forwarding our weekly newsletters on to your friends and coworkers, listening to the podcast as part of a team meeting, or using our burnout indicators checklist and triage guide as a staff-wide tool. Every little bit helps us to take our mission to the next level and serve those who are sacrificing so much to serve our communities out on the front lines. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. We make all of our resources available to you because the work you do matters. But way more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your real life outside of the work. So use it and share it. And until next time, stay safe.